I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And I'm Rob Gibson. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Today's podcast is going to be all about that fantastic victory yesterday down at St Andrews. But first of all, we'd like to welcome back a familiar voice, but an old voice who's not been heard for maybe three years now. Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners. Good to be back. We've dragged you back in to make a guest appearance. All right, Adam. Well, bad. Thanks, yeah. I'm back here, back in Hinley Green now. Paul, made a quick dash back from your birthday celebrations with the family to be on this podcast. Has to be done. Nice uh, lunch out at the Boar's Head in Standish. Right, yesterday, first things first, the team selection. No surprises, were there? It was, I suppose, one that we could have all have picked before before the game. And it was very typical Lassic so far this season where we seem to be happy to concede possession for the first 15 minutes or so. Even then, I thought we had a great chance. I think it was about four or five minutes in. Uh, we broke up the left-hand side. McGuinness was sprinting through the middle. And Sanderson completely cleaned him out off the ball. I don't know if everybody else saw that incident. Just me then. So we know what, what came what <laughs> came next. What I was trying to do then was lead into what, what happened next. So McGuinness gets cleaned out. Nobody picks it up. No foul given. And then uh, the sending off with Djokovic probably getting a possibly a nine out of ten for a dive. So with Joe Bennett <laughs> making no contact whatsoever. Down he goes. Red card shown. Couldn't wait to show it. Obviously, I listened to the pod the other day and he'd not shown a red previously. And it looked like he thought that was his time because he couldn't get it out quick enough. I mean, it was one of those where you could say clever forwards will run a, make that run and they'll get the contact and they'll go. But the problem was he didn't actually get the contact. He just went instead. So I can't see how... At that point in the game as well, where I think I said to you yesterday, Barry, there'd be the insurance policy, potentially. Of if you thought it might have been a foul, give the free kick, maybe even give it a yellow to acknowledge that you think it could have been a goal-scoring opportunity because you can always get away with that subjectivity someone was coming across. Can't be sure. Don't show your red card that early in the game because obviously spoiled the game and meant that Latics couldn't go on and do great things. Djokovic has absolutely done the ref up like a kipper. He's not the quickest player in the world and he's quite far out from goal. His touch around Bennett, Bennett's going to get back on the cover. Bennett's got, he's a lot quicker than him and he certainly would have recovered that situation. Djokovic has obviously been clever and, you know, he's, he's trying to win the free kick there without any contact. He knows that Bennett's going to get on the cover and beat him to the ball because he's not the quickest. So he's gone down in the orc. The ref would do what he actually did and pull out that red card. So he's, he's actually done the ref like a kicker. It's a poor decision because obviously there's no contact. But you kind of got to respect the quality of a dad because I thought it was uh, I thought it was quite good to be fair. He made it look quite authentic. Now, if the ref had anything about him, if he knew that level of football, which he should do, considering he's refereeing it. I mean, I would have known straight away Djokovic is, is going down because he's never going to get through on goal. I think Bennett recovers the situation and gets a challenge in. That's my thoughts on it. I think Djokovic's clever. Referees bought it. Obviously, at that point, we're thinking that's destroyed the game. And, you know, inevitably, we think we're probably going to go on 
to lose it. I, th- I think the only reason these other two are not absolute furious at it is because of what came afterwards. It was an absolute joke of a decision. Like Rob said, he's done the ref like an absolute... He jumped that far. He jumped. He basically jumped down in front of him. You know, he jumped. He jumped to his right. You could see him fall to his right. You know, he should have had bloody indicators on him. Moved that far out of his lane. But a ridiculous decision. It's only the fact of what happened that stops everybody being furious. We'd have gone on to lose the game. All four of us would have still been annoyed at that decision. Now, as it is, we're laughing at it, and Rob said, Rob's able to say fair play, good diving. Yeah, well, I'm annoyed, Paul, because that Davis fella come with sort of a good reputation, never issued a, a, a straight red before, ex, ex-professional football player, fast-tracked through the leagues to get him up to the level he's at. He should have known better. Absolute awful. And somebody suggested maybe he'd done a bit of research and saw what happened last week with Bennett kicking out and, and that possibly should have been a red card and acting a bit of retribution. You don't know, do you? What that did indicate is reshuffle mark one. A very brave Liam Richardson took off McGuinness and brought on Nyambe, who went in at right back with McLean going to left back. So we went with a 4-2-1-2 formation. I thought Dariqua had a kind of roving role on the right-hand side. It seemed to work almost immediately because that initial impetus that they seemed to got. If you remember back to the sending off, it was like they'd They'd won a penalty the way they applauded each other and patted each other on the back. But it gave them that little bit of impetus. And I think it nullified it straight away. The substitution wasn't... I wouldn't say it was rushed because, uh, you know, it took a while for the sending off because of the amazement of it to actually occur. I don't think he came straight on... Was it not maybe a few... A minute or so after, a couple of minutes after? You're right in what you're saying. I think it was actually a little bit longer than a couple of minutes, Adam, before they actually reacted yeah. on the bench. James Beater, Liam Richardson, Rob Kelly was all kind of sat down. I don't know if it was like a little tactics board, what they had, or there was certainly a piece of paper floating about, and you could see they had their heads together. And at that point, I thought Birmingham were well on top, and we needed to do something quite quickly. And initially, I thought it took a little bit too long to react, but I think he was probably thinking it through very thoroughly. I thought it was absolutely superb, the way we nullified him after that, and I thought we went on to certainly finish the first half by further stronger, and probably unlucky not to, to go in one up, but I thought that it was superb the way they handled that, uh, that you know, the Liam and the backroom staff. I'm glad you've confirmed that because I, I, I did get the impression that it, it wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction. There was a bit of thinking on the feet because essentially that is what good management coaching tactics is about. It's that games will not always unfold as you necessarily expect. And you can watch a team all week and they might not set up in the way that you thought or you have a, a send it off after 10 minutes. So you've got to actually have that intelligence in the game to be able to make that change. And they've looked at it, and I think it was spot on because I think they thought, well, who's the least damaging player probably for the team? Well, he's the t- player who's been marking Will Keane because essentially he's there as a man-to-man mark. It, in, in certain circumstances, if you can leave that player free, that player's not really going to hurt you. And we've almost, through excellent thinking, levelled it up really and in fact to an extent I couldn't quite work out we seemed to keep getting overloads on the right hand side I don't quite know where that was happening it was amazing really how, how that was set up and as Rob said as the as the half w- went on you know we looked a lot more dangerous we got into some really good territories 
And we're always a threat, aren't we, from the set piece? If we can get set pieces, mm. if we can get throw-ins, you know, we've always got a chance. So tactically brilliant in the first half, and I'm sure there'll be a bit of discussion about the tactics in the second uh, as well. Well, before before we get to that, we did actually shuffle the pack a little bit in the first half again. We went to three at the back with Niambe slotting in to make a three. We went with wing-backs then, where McLean was given a little bit more room to get forward and Derrick were on the, on the right-hand side. Again, Niambe, I thought he was excellent yesterday. He's come in, he's slotted in. He's got the same fighting ethos that, that the pack have. I mean, Tom Naylor yesterday said, we're so good because we're a gang. And I think that showed in the way that they came together in the adversity of that going down to 10 men so early in the game. It's been the strength of Liam Richardson. If you look at the season where we just survived, journeymen, young lads came together. Then you come together as a team last season from scratch to win the title. Same again, adversity, come together. You know, they're there for one another. All the people mourning about the lack of signings over summer. You know, you can go back to what we said on here. Actually, the lack of signings might not be as bad as what people are thinking. And they're still playing for the mates because they're a bunch of mates. Brilliant work from the coaching staff. In that first start, as the half wore on, it looked more likely that we were the ones going to score. And that effort of Tom Naylor's towards the end of the half, if you could have just put a little bit of bend on that shot as he hits it to curl it in at the far post. Unfortunately, it came to him you know, really quickly. First half over with, go off at half-time, nail the pace, everybody's buzzing. One thing that I did pick up from the first half, Birmingham are shite. I, th- I thought they were awful. And I was worried about Organ up front because I know his reputation, I know he scored goals wherever he's played. But Jack Watmore had him in his back pocket and when he, he slipped him out so he could take care of, of Djokovic, Jason Kerr stuck him in his back pocket. Quickly on, on that, the I thought really in terms of their attacking was appalling, given some of the players that they had on the pitch. Very experienced players, very pre, uh, Premier League players. I actually thought, bizarrely, they're, and, and I've forgotten his name, but their best attacking player, who, did, who probably did most driving them forward, I think was the centre-back, wasn't he? You know, the one who hit that daisy cutter towards the end. Sanderson, thought he was all right, you know, as an attacking threat, because he actually thought, well, need to do something here and take it by the scruff of the neck. The rest of them, I think they just thought it's going to happen. It will happen. But really, they weren't doing anything to make it happen. And and, and because they weren't doing that, I, I thought it helped us grow even more into the game. I thought it gave us more confidence. And I think the manager even alluded to it. I just don't think he had any clue what what to do because we, he was outmanaged by one of the greatest managers of all time. I think they were relying heavily on the city midfielder, James, to sort of spring the trap. And I don't think he's ever sprung anything in his life. He, he didn't look last week when we had Gab Sutton on, he mentioned him and talked a little bit about him. But I thought it's very ordinary play. And Max Power had him in his pocket. Keno, well, I'll come to that now. Before, Just before both Keane and Lang went off, we had a, I think it was a corner initially, and the ball went out to Max Power on the right-hand side, and he hit sort of a half volley, which was a cracking strike, and the keeper gathered it. But you can see it on the highlights. You can see Will Keane running towards the ball for the rebound, and Sanderson just cleans him out in the box. Well, Sanderson, though, has cleaned two Latics players out, but this was in the box. Within a minute of this, Keane's gone and done that challenge on, on James, and he's gone through the back of him. When I saw it, I was go on, Keane, like, go on, because that's what you want from your players, isn't it? You want that passion and that anger. If players like Will Keane are playing with that sort of fire, we, we've got some some fight in this squad, I'm telling you that now. 
we, we did the reshuffle Mark III then because McLean went off, Lange went off, and Kino went off, and on came Shinney, Broadhead, and White, and we went with a 4 3 2. So we changed the formation again and we went with three in midfield. I remember watching us play under under Martinez and the, oh, the formations like this used to change during the game all the time. We know Martinez is a tactical genius. I think he must have left some books and some manuals in that in that locker in the Christopher Park. Did he find it in Whelan's war chest? I think it is, yeah, with that 20 quid, what, what Whelan had left. We changed the formation around again. I think that was on about, was it about 72 minutes when they came on? It was something around that time, wasn't it? 71, 72 minutes. The inevitable happens. I'll let you three talk about this goal, but one thing I want to mention, Nathan Broadhead, the ground he made up because the ball to power was actually played by Broadhead. Again, showing Birmingham City's frailties, nobody tracked him back. What a goal. I picked up on that point that you made, Barry, about how quickly he got up the field. It, it was actually, it's such a good goal because you get lost in the emotion of the goal. You forget how good a goal it is. And I actually, it reminded me of a goal a few years ago, Arsenal against United and Rooney pretty much did exactly the same thing. He absolutely, because of his determination, he ran past loads of Arsenal players and got on the end of uh, a chance and put it and put it away. And for me, that that's the epitome of someone who has a desire, wants to do it for you. And obviously there were there were other key components in that goal, which I'm sure you'll talk about. One person in particular that deserves a mention, but I just wanted to pick up on what Barry had said and, and say that if that was scored in the Premier League by Wayne Rooney, whatever, 10 years ago, people talk about it, whereas we were kind of a bit lost in the emotion rather than the actual quality of the goal. I'd, I'd just like to say, I think what you've missed out there within gaining a load of pace up the pitch, load of space, sorry, was the composure of the ball to power as it came out to him. He set power up, facing the right direction, ready to go with a pass. And, and that, that was a lovely little bit of composure. And then he obviously got on his bike and, and trotted up. And how good to see Charlie getting his assists. Excellent. And and just touching back on the subs coming on, they came on at the right time. It, it was a thankless task up that top end of the pitch, you know, for the likes of Lang. Obviously, McGuinness got sacrificed early. So they came at the right time didn't they, for the energy up the pitch. But Charlie White, that's what we've missed. Since last November, his hold-up play is absolutely superb. I think the ball up to power, under normal circumstances, down to 10 men. You're probably just looking for White to hold that up and try and get bodies kind of around and near him and play off and around him. But broad-edged you know, determination uh, and the lack of a you know, tracking sort of midfielder or you know, whoever's going to be tracking off the Birmingham team led to the opportunity and oh my word what a fit the, the ball from White splits the you know he, he holds one up and he splits the defenders with a pass and then it's a great uh, couple of touches from Broadhead before he smashes it in that bottom corner and I mentioned uh, earlier on the phone to Barry about the, the composure and the actual you know you've got to make sure you get a good connection haven't you when it's uh, you know when you're in them situations and boy did he get a good connection uh, absolutely no chance for the keeper, but it was it was counter-attacking football at its finest. I mean, I, I don't know what the, the how many seconds it was from you know the ball on their edge of the box to the back of their net, but it couldn't have been a long period of time. Maybe what seven or eight seconds? Something it was something ridiculous like that. Absolutely brilliant goal and probably deserved. Brilliant. Yeah, composure. He, he gave the keeper the eyes, didn't he? Looks in far corner, sticks in it near corner. 
That was a goal scorer's goal, that one. Who clinically scored that goal bodes well for the for the season for us, in my opinion. He's some player. Uh, as we saw last season when he was up at Sunderland, you know, he bagged 10 for them in 28 appearances. And quite a few of them were coming off the bench as well. Charlie White came on. I think there were a few tears around the place when he did. Gave 100%. His character's out there. He's a big character, like we said. He held the ball up superbly and played that, that pass. Split the defence. A superb finish. Yeah, I'm going to do an ITV4 here. I'm going to go out of uh, order because... Just before that, Birmingham made a substitution and brought on Sam Cosgrove. You're thinking to yourself, he's going to come on and score the goal. And he had that effort, didn't he? What a, what a save from Jamie Jones. Or was it? Was it Jamie Jones? Or was it actually Nyambe? Because I've looked at it several times and I can't make my mind up. It could have been a bit of both, possibly. But it, it, whoever it was, it was good. <laughs> my mate reckons it was uh, Nyambe. He's got his tra- it's hit his trailing leg. I've watched it probably... A couple of dozen times, and I could swear that Jones gets something on it. Uh, watching it, but uh, my initial thoughts was, uh, you know, J- Jones actually makes kind of a, a block in in the build up to the shot, what comes through. Uh, and I, I was thinking, should he be really coming out there? But I think he does. He closes the angle out really well. But he's put himself in a position. How he gets across, it's brilliant. Either way, like you said, it doesn't really matter between them. They got the job done. Still be interested to see if it was Jones or Niambi, just to uh, clear it up. But fantastic between them. Either way, I think Niambi was covering on the line anyway, which is great. It's always good to see that, that he's got the awareness to be, you know, helping his goalkeeper out if he's not going to quite get there. But between them, got the job done. And again, just goes to show the effort, commitment, desire and all them kind of words you want to use. Uh, it kind of summed their day up, really, the, the true grit and determination. We, we, need them, uh, we need them both on the podcast. There's no point having one or the other on. We need them on at the same time, where essentially they're kind of looking themselves in the eye and saying, oh, no, who was it? Who, who was the one who saved it? So let, let's put a call out for that. Just very quickly before, uh, again, going out of ITV4 sync here, is that um, given that some of the uh, last season's murmurings from Sunderland fans that they've got a much better striker and we've got this hopeless midfield player, it was quite funny that uh, it was Max Power to Charlie White to Broadhead who the broadhead was the one that they wanted to keep. The other two apparently were rejects, but they, pay, they played a very important goal in the role. So I love that Sunderland connection there for the uh, Latics winner yesterday. <laughs> the stats from yesterday's game were, we had 43% possession, which considering we only had 10 men, it wasn't a, a total batch to the wall job. Shots, Birmingham had 11 with two on target. We had six with three on target. Corners were 7-3 to three in Birmingham's favour. Fouls committed. We committed 11 to Birmingham's 7. Cards, just the one red. Joe Bennett, and we picked up two yellows as well. Naylor and Keane. Big shout-out to Ryan Niambe. Another game where he's managed to escape picking a booking up, so well done, Ryan. Birmingham didn't pick any bookings up at all. Mm. The man of the match is chosen by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. is Latic skipper Tendai Dariqua. I can't disagree with that, but I have to say there's got to be, because I don't think we mentioned it, and there has to be room in the podcast for the Bobby Moore tackle oh, and what more. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, I'm not, that is unbelievable. I managed to get it on Radio Manchester yesterday that I said, I do go a bit over the top sometimes, but I have seen a Bobby Moore tackle in that match today. 
Well, last season, Jack Watmore was the Bobby Moore of League One and he's taken that mantle and he's upgraded to become the Bobby Moore of the Championship. Do you know what frightens me, though? There'll be people watching him from the Premier League. Yeah, always the problem, isn't it? We mentioned the predictions from Wednesday. We all predicted the correct result, but Paul, for the second time in four games, has predicted the correct score. So carry on like this, Paul, and we'll be asking you for the lottery numbers. Some great interviews yesterday. Charlie White, Liam Richardson and Tendai Dariqua all speaking to the official website. Charlie White says it's been a long time coming and it was very emotional. Tendai Dariqua, very proud of everybody involved. You can see the way he's on the pitch, the way the way he runs about. Go and have a listen to his to his interview. It's a fantastic interview. And finally, Liam Richardson who says it wasn't an ideal start and they'd rather not comment on the refereeing decisions. And I'd sooner look at the positives of Charlie White coming on, Jamie Jones with a clean sheet and Nathan Broadhead's first goal and the lads carrying the job out terrifically well and the captain setting the example around the pitch. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, yesterday's results in the Championship, Burnley 3, Blackpool 3, Preston 0, Watford 0, QPR 1, Rotherham 1, Reading 1, Borough 0, Sheffield United 3, Blackburn 0, Stoke 0, Sunderland 1, Swansea 0, Luton 2 and West Brom 5, Hull 2. Those results mean that Latics are now 14th in the table on 6 points with a game in hand. If we win our game in hand, we actually go second. Some people are asking, can we go through the season as invincibles? Mm. Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, to rescue that. Yeah, it's a bit of a joke, I think. Uh, it's all tongue-in-cheek. That's always the problem. I tell you what, five games gone. If you'd have offered, been offered six points when we were doing pre-season and said six points out of the first five games, you'd have been happy with that, wouldn't you? And we've only played four of them. We've not even played the fifth game. We didn't get to play commentary. Belting start, isn't it? We're, we're going to wrap up here, so... I'd just like to say thanks to Rob for coming and joining us this week. Thanks for having me, Barry. Great to be back. Thanks to Adam for allowing me onto Radio Manchester behind him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I when I popped up, when you finished with you and they popped me on and I said, uh, I mentioned that we both do this podcast. I think they were sitting in the back a little bit though. No, I always feel a lot, I always feel a lot more comfortable, Barry, when you're behind me. <laughs> <laughs> What made me laugh was I I heard you on Adam. I pinged Barry in the background saying, bloody hell, Pendles is on Radio Manchester. Barry's like, yeah, I'm on next. (laughs) (laughs) And and then Liam Richardson was on money. He was indeed. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. What an absolutely superb result. Proud of the team, proud of the club, proud of the supporters. Proud of everything. It's uh, up the ticks and come on. Up the ticks. Good to to see you all. Good to see you all. Thank you. Thank you, mate.